actually about all these athletes actually Apparently it's not one part of the strategy gone Development It's all we envelop in telephone A wealth of intelligence Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships, basking it in, let's study in the conferences. Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10, SEC, ACC, win, 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 win. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. This is Debbie Manuel, episode 3.8. It's the podcast that talks about college players and the Debbie landscape, plus how to use your Debbie team to build and translate to a successful NFL fantasy football team. Um, this week, I got a very, very special guest, a guy I'm super, super happy to bring in, um, a guy that I respect a lot and love the work that he does. I'm going to know without further ado, I'm going to introduce Brandon. Brandon, I, I'm scared to do your last name. Is, is it Lejeune? Or? Yeah, very well. Very nice. Absolutely. Nice. Good job. Right. He's up the Debbie Deep Dive. How are you doing tonight, Brandon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brandon's just a guy who I um, kind of, you know, he, I've been watching your cut-ups for a while and I really like what you do and... One of the few guys on Twitter that I don't want to just mute and, you know, you seem to always put out good stuff and you know, not a lot of fluff and things like that. So definitely wanted to get him on some branded on some time and talk this. And how long have you been playing fantasy football and how long have you been doing like the analysis stuff? Um, oh, man, I've been playing uh, fantasy football for, I don't know, 20 over 20 years, I guess. And doing Dynasty for about 10 and Debbie for five. And probably in the last two and a half, three years, kind of got into the analysis of it, you know, trying to, I uh, always thought the best job in the world would be a, a, you know, talent evaluator for an NFL franchise. So I figured I'd pretend to be one myself for my podcast. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I do. I love making cut up films and distributing it to the Debbie people so you can get a good look at some of these young players that we love to watch. Right, right. And you're, you're one of the best, man. I love the stuff that you do. I like it, you show, we talked about it before the pod, how you do everything. You do, you do the, big, the big runs, the little runs, you know, the everything. And I think that's important when you're watching a guy and not to just watch the big games. You know, like sometimes you got to take the games where they only rush 12 times for 40, 30, 40 yards, you know, and watch those games too and see exactly, you know, what, what happened. Because usually it's not, you know, just a, you know, it's more than just a bad game sometimes. Maybe it's just, you know, a bad line, whatever. So I think it's important to watch all the stuff and rather than just watch the highlights, it kind of makes you an incomplete analyst when you do that, I think. So I, I don't disagree. I think when you go and you watch highlight films, because especially for the, the younger Debbie players is some are the players that I really am going to focus on. Like this week, I did John Mechie and Jonathan Mingo, guys that are kind of breaking out for us Debbie junkies that just want to, you know, we all know the Chubas and Najee Harris's. I mean, I think we have to get too much into their skill sets and stuff like that, but we got a lot of emerging players this time of year. And so those are the, those are the guys that I'm going to focus on and cut up films on because uh, there's really not a lot out there on YouTube. And unless you're watching the games, and I mean, none of us can watch every game on a Saturday afternoon and really be able to see a lot of these players. So I just want to provide that service to uh, guys out there that love to watch film on these guys. Everybody knows the big names. So that's what I try to on this podcast too. And I think you do as well, you know, not to just break down Trevor Lawrence every week, you know. Uh, that gets you know you guys all know that even though a casual Debbie fan knows that so I think it's important to look at the, the the guys that are making waves and you know could be you know a little bit later draft picks but still be good NFL players so yeah you know we all want to get on on those young players right so the guy we're going to talk about 
you know, Jonathan Mingo, I could have gotten in my C2C league waiver period. And he was, I was going to take him. And then I took Joshua Moore from Texas instead. And then I was like, oh, I, I saw his game on Saturday and I was like, damn it, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I want to provide film cutups for these young guys, for anyone who enjoys watching these players as they develop. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. All right. A little bit, just a little bit of news last week. The NCAA did grant Rashad Bateman the chance to come back, which I think is huge news for him. Um, I really wanted to see what he would do this year in Minnesota without having, you know, he'll, he will draw all the top cornerbacks this year, and I just want to see him. I, he's a guy I absolutely love. I think he is my wide receiver two next year, and next year's draft eligible. Okay. So just kind of big news, big news for Minnesota. They'll, they'll be rolling the boat up there. I know Debbie Kane will be happy. So it's it's good to have Bateman playing and definitely makes the NFL, Big Ten a little more exciting as well. So if you have anything on Bateman, where do you have him at? I think he's number three. I have Jalen Waddle as my number one on my in my ranks. I mean, he's been my number one guy. I guess I did a uh, what he actually was one of the first deep scouting uh, videos I actually did of a player uh, probably back in February and March, and I just fell in love with his versatility and speed, and I think that translates well to the NFL. So I, I've had him there probably ever since, and not sure he's going to come off that that pedestal there but we'll see as you know this season develops but i just love his versatility he's tough i could see him being the next Tyreek Hill. well you think so do you think what do you have chase it to then or yeah and then bateman is right there as well so i mean I, you know a lot of times you can do one two and three but if you're looking at tiers they're all gonna be good they all should be <laughs> yeah. good anyway yeah i agree right yeah, I have Waddle at the bottom of the top tier. So, yeah, he's like four for me. So, I don't know. I like it, man. That's different. I don't think I've heard of anybody having him at one. So, I like it. Very good. Yeah. yeah I mean, if I'm an NFL franchise, I think I'm taking him. I mean, Bateman gives you and, and Chase, they give you that vertical threat down the sideline. But I think as Waddle has shown, he has that ability too. The last two weeks is that deep threat and, uh, you know, his yak ability and toughness. And, you know, he, he's great on special teams, returns punts. I think NFL teams are really going to like that versatility. So I think he can win everywhere he is on the field. All right, cool. We're going to go through the, the scores from last week real quick. Um, You can, at the end of them, if you want to interject, I'll give you a second, you know, to kind of. Sure. But I, I, these are guys that, you know, we're not, we talk about every week. And I want to get in, into the deeper and looks at the couple guys for you guys. So first up, Clemson defeated Virginia 41-23. Trevor Lawrence did what Trevor Lawrence does every week, 25-38, three touchdowns. ETN had kind of a surprising stat, four catches for 114 yards and a touchdown, which I love to love, 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 love to see ETN catching the ball. So do you have anything on that game? Or Yeah, I think the, I, I haven't watched any Clemson games, and until they really play a, uh, a worthy opponent, I'm not going to – I mean, there's so many games I want to watch. I just really – I'll look at the box score on Clemson, but just kind of prepping for this podcast and looking at the uh, and the, the the stats. I mean, Joe Nagata is is he hurt or something? Or I mean, I have not read is where is he? <laughs> They're not leading. He's not leading on a receiver yet, which is kind of frustrating a little bit. You know, I want to see one of those guys stand out. You know, so it's been. It looks like it's Amari Rogers kind of coming out of the woodwork here in front Crazy, of everybody. Yeah. So. Alabama crushed AM 52 24. It's the Mac Jones show, 435 yards and four touchdowns. And then a guy we'll talk about later who was his top receiver. So we don't have to dive any more into that if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a kind of a Mac Jones truther. I know with Bryce Young on his heels, everyone's kind of tossed him to the side thinking that he is uh, not very good. I mean, he showed some inconsistency on his uh, accuracy down the field this past Saturday, but I think the guy's a baller. 
Uh, the only thing we have to see with him is whether or not he can take pressure because he's always got a clean pocket to throw from. So is he, you know, does he have that ability if he's under duress back there to make the same plays he's making? But I, th- I like Mac Jones. Yeah, he has been pretty good. He's a guy I got. I got way, way a lot of leagues like later. Oh, me too. Why not? You know? Yeah. So yeah, like two weeks, Georgia. Anyways, we'll find out how he does with pressure then. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking speaking of Georgia, they rolled over Auburn twenty seven to six. Said get on your Stetson hat, maybe Stetson's the man there. Um, we'll see how long he stays there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they have some big games coming up. Georgia does, so we'll see if they let Stetson Bennett take it or if JT Daniels will take over. He's been leaning on Kyrus Jackson, who had nine catches for one hundred forty seven yards, and Zeus. Zamir White had 19 carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown on Auburn's. The Tank Bigsby got in the action with eight carries, 31 yards, seven catches for 68, which is good to see from a freshman. And he was just straight running over people. So yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. Tank. Yeah, Auburn just uh, doesn't seem to have been able to run the ball so far this season. So I know they were up against a big opponent, but you know, we'll have to see how that continues. Bo Nix looked okay. You know, we're looking for him to take that next step. You know. We'll see. Not a, not a Bonex guy here, man. I don't know. I, I, I want to be. I want him to do it. Just way too inconsistent thus far. So, yeah, for, for me. Anyway, some people really like him. Um, another big a big defeat or upset. TCU defeated Texas 33-31. And the big, big story from that game was Ellen, Ellinger. I just thought he played like crap. Under 50% completion percentage. You know, he ended up putting up the yards there toward the end. I think he had 290-ish yards with four touchdowns. An interception, if I remember right, I don't have it written down, mm-hmm. but you live by the gun, you die by the gun. That's how Texas is. Ellinger plays great. Good. If he does it, then hold on. Yeah, he's a gunslinger for sure. And, uh, you know, he really leaned on Jake Smith a lot this week. And uh, no Bajan Robinson yet. He had that uh, kickoff return that ended up being called back. I think he returned it like 75 yards. Yeah. But then it ended up getting called back. I mean, it looked great. You're like, whoo. Here he is. Yeah. yeah. But then they called it back. Yeah. I felt bad for uh, Ingram, too, with that fumble at the end. I thought that was, you know, he had a bad play last year that, you know, everyone thought his confidence may have been shaken, but hopefully he can shake it off. I mean, he definitely lost that game for them. Tulsa beat UCF 34 26. So now we don't have to hear all year about UCF being in the playoff. Um, I used to get that out of the way earlier. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Gabriel had a pretty decent game, 28 of 51, 330 and two. That was pretty much the only guy I was really watching in that game really closely. I kind of like him, but not not sure yet. So still a little out on where he stands next year. So just a guy I like in that game. Do you have anything on either of those sides? Or Yeah, I mean, I did a Gabriel uh, film last week and did, you know, we talked earlier before we got on the podcast uh, how much time that takes. But again, I really like him. He's a lefty. Uh, he's from Hawaii, you know, kind of similar to where Tua came from, not making comparisons. But I like this version. I mean, he looked to move around really well. Um, threw some darts, had velocity on his passes. I think he's a Debbie riser. He is exciting. I have him. I don't know where I have him in the class. I think I have him in six for 22, 2022 eligible guys. But yeah, I, I like him a lot and I want him to go up. So just, yeah, the guy I'm really rooting for too. Like you said, there's a lot to like about him. So, and then Arkansas, <laughs> they won their first SEC game since 2017 over the hotness Mississippi State, 21 to 13. And then once again, we are smacked in the face of the reality of Mike Leach, who one week will beat a great team and then the next week lose to a total shit team. So <laughs> like uh, Costello didn't look anywhere near as good as he wa- as he did against LSU. His his yards per his yards per completion attempt was down like five yards. I think it was near 10 for LSU and it was near five 
in this mm-hmm. game. Kylan Hill was out almost the entire game. I think he only had one carry. Yeah. So that yeah. obviously hurts a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's just that's what Mike Leach does. You know, yeah. next in next week he'll you know and then three weeks he'll beat Alabama or something. You know, so you, you just never know what you're gonna get with them. Right. The last one, Iowa State with an upset win over Oklahoma, thirty seven thirty. Uh, Spencer Rattler again looked, you know, okay. Not as good as we'd hoped he'd look, you know, and especially in a game like this. Brock Purdy is is dead to me as far as Debbie. Um, <laughs> I, I was hoping he would be in that second tier of guys next year, and he has looked like trash for three games now. But He just looks um, like he doesn't have any confidence out there, and he has no receivers to throw to other than Charlie Kohler. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. He doesn't have any elite talent on the outside to really make plays for him. See, people don't use that excuse for Carson Wentz, though. Come on. Uh, yeah, sure they do. Carson's sure my they boy. Do. Carson's my boy. And I, I, well, I, I <laughs> yeah, I live outside of Philadelphia, so I'm living it right now. So. <laughs> All right. And Brees Hall, I mean, he's just the man. I love watching Brees run. So he carries that offense. He had 28 carries, 139 yards, and a couple scores. So I absolutely love Brees Hall. Give yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've been a Brees Hall fan, too. And I, I think this was actually his best game that I've ever seen. I really thought his lateral movement and making guys miss and his toughness, I think it was all over the field. I think he had a great game. Hold on. We're going to pause this podcast so I can go cut a tape for him real quick, okay? Oh, yeah, sure. 28 carries, 139 (laughs) yards. I'll see you in two days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, we're going to go through some guys that we wanted to highlight. You know, those are just a quick breakdown of some of the big games, the big performances. Now we want to go a little bit deeper, not quite as deep as Brandon goes. Brandon goes deep every week, but we're just going to go kind of deep on these guys. So, Brandon, who's the first one that you want to talk about this week? Well, I want to talk about a guy who just kind of broke out this year and this week, actually, is uh, John Mechie of Alabama. And I talked about him on my podcast last week about a guy who, uh, you know, my podcast episode last week was just talking about some emerging Debbie players after the first couple weeks. And I like what I see from this guy. Um, Again, I made a game film of him. I'll be putting out on Twitter and on my YouTube channel. He had six receptions for 181 yards and two tees. And I can tell you, he would have had two more touchdowns. Mac Jones overthrew him on one long, deep ball, and then he underthrew him on another one. I think his stat line could have been almost 250 yards. Six foot one, 190 pounds, sophomore. And as I was talking on my podcast, we have to start looking at the Alabama wide receivers starting next year because, you know, Devontae Smith and Waddle are going to be gone, and it's John Mechie, and it's an open slate after that. Um, but I really liked his game from this week. I think he's, he ran vertical. Uh, they got him in space, uh, and he had really good body control at the catch point. I really liked his his grabs. He had one really nice grab where he had to like contort in the air. And I don't know, he could be Alabama's next uh, big receiver. I've got a few shares in my campus to Canton leagues, not as many as I'd like, but um, you know he's got some incoming freshmen going to join him next year. But I think John Mechie could uh, really continue to emerge this year. Right, because they're going to lose almost everybody else in the in, you know above him this year. So it's going it. to be yeah. And I, I like what what caught me off guard with him is he's got he's got sneaky speed. He doesn't have that rug speed, you know, where he just boom off the line, he's gone, you know. But he's definitely got that. It kind of it almost doesn't look like he's moving that fast, then he's behind you, you know. So I, I like it. He's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly those long balls, no one caught him after he caught him. So right, right. You know, he had five six yards of separation, but nobody got near him. So I think he has enough speed and enough long speed to be that vertical deep threat. Love it. It seemed like it just came out of nowhere. I was like, whoa. And I had somebody ask me on 
one of my chats. Who is John Mechie? I'm like, yeah, yeah. The next one. <laughs> they always yeah, come, right. they always have another one. Another one right down the down the pipeline. So uh, the first name I wanted to talk about was Matt. You, you actually pronounced it different than I. I thought it was just Coral, but you, you, is it more like a Carl? Is that right? Coral? Car, I mean, I have uh, Coral, I think. I think it's yeah. Coral. Yeah. I think so, too. It, coral is only one R, so it's probably not right. So I, I don't enunciate things that well. But I've been just super, super impressed with him thus far. He seems like last year you'd see flashes of the talent. This year he seems so much more confident. Like I've been super impressed when I've watched him last year. I know he was splitting time with John Reese Plumley more. They're still doing that a little bit, but I think they're definitely starting to finally rely on him. And I love that they're doing it because I like his mobility. I like how he throws on the run. Um, I got him as quarterback eight for 2020, 2020, 2021 eligible, but I think it would be pretty unwise for him to come out next year in that class. So I think maybe another year would be good for him. Um, like I said, I love the movement, how he throws on the run. He's got good feet, good footwork in the pocket. He always, he always keeps his feet or his eyes downfield and, you know, he makes his progressions and things. And I just, I love, he seems he's got, he's got moxie and he just has the, just something you like, you like watching him. You like rooting for a guy like that. So I don't, you, you probably have a little more technical take. Like I said, sometimes my technical is not the best, but I just like no, watching I mean, I, I, Yeah, I mean, he's a dual threat. Um, you know, he, he, I learned from this experience with Matt Coral because I got in like five or six C2C leagues. Um, and I passed on him based on his tape from last year. And it just goes to show you that guys can change. I mean, it's a big transition from high school to, to, to college and the bright lights. And, and I, I, you know, you just can't go on one year of production. I'm really happy for the guy. I think he's got the skill. And I think everything you said about him is absolutely correct. So. I Excellent. Like All right, who is your second guy you want to talk about? Well, the second guy I want to talk about is who uh, Coral is, or Carol, or Coral, or whatever, is throwing the ball to, and that is Jonathan Mingo, who blew up this week. Six foot two, 213 pounds, four-star prospect. Uh, you know, last year he caught 12 balls altogether. Uh, this year he already has eight receptions, 128 yards, and two TDs. And this guy is physical. And if there's one thing I look for in wide receivers that I love is physicality. And I did a game film on him this week that I'll be putting on my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, they they he he put some licks on some guys. He's got great yak ability. Uh, they primarily used him on the left side of the field in the short area of the field. He did have one or two vertical plays, but he's more of like a short intermediate guy. They've used him on a lot of bubble screens and wide receiver screens. Um, but man, he put some licks on some guys, and he's just got that real good size at six two two thirteen. A guy who just kind of popped out of nowhere, and so when a guy does that, and you know Elijah Moore next year is going to be gone, and if uh, Coral is who we think he is, then he might have a new number one receiver. So I'm going to be keeping my eyes on Jonathan Mingo going forward. Right, I love it, man. That's ex- exactly what I have. I don't have a lot of notes on him yet. You know, he didn't, like you say, he didn't have many catches last year. He's got the. I like the size at six two, two ten, and he's he's my number twelve as for a 2022 eligible. He's in a great spot there. Um, yeah, I love it, man. All right, my second guy is Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. And I am starting to get an unhealthy, um, possibly love affair with this kid. Love, love, I love watching him play, man. I know he's playing for BYU and he doesn't play the greatest competition, but even last year he was really, had times where he was ugly and inconsistent, you know, and I would, st- but you still saw like this flair and the way he plays and he's got like a love of the game and, He's got a crazy, crazy strong arm. He just he flicks it downfield on the run. He doesn't lose any sort of accuracy when he's on the run. Um, he does have feet, good footwork, and he does run, but he's not, you know, like the dangerous Lamar Jackson type of run. But he is, you do have to worry about it. 
a guy that I'm just starting to really fall in love with. I like the, I want to see it consistently through this year before I go like crazy gaga over him. But, you know, I still, he thinks he's still probably a pretty late round prospect. It's there on tape and you just, I love watching him. Have you got a chance to break him down at all or? No, I was going to because on Friday night he played and I was thinking of doing it and it's got sidetracked and then decided to do some other players that I'm the next guy that I'm going to talk about. But um, apparently he went off this uh, off season. He went to see one of these quarterback gurus and spent the entire summer with him on his mechanics and core development and everything. And it's showing, I think, on the field right now. I have not watched that game. I saw the stats. I mean, I saw he ran for 70-some yards and three touchdowns or something. So he's that dual threat again. And again, translating to the NFL... I think um, they're looking for guys that can make plays off script, run around, extend plays, and so I think it's a Debbie stock up arrow. Right. I don't know. I don't have his statistics in front of me, but I think his percentage, his uh, completion percentage, is near eighty percent this season. Like he, like yeah, for th- yeah, it's eighty four percent or something. He is doing three amazing, games, yeah. and that's what I, I really like seeing that too. So, all right, you got one more guy here, and it's another guy, kind of sort of in the vein of Zach Wilson. So. Yeah, we really, it looks like we pulled out some quarterbacks today. Um, yeah, Ma- Max Duggan, uh, again, I, you know, I watched this game against Texas this week, and I just think he is another fierce competitor, good arm strength. He's got that gunslinger mentality. He's tough as nails. He took so many, be- he took a beating this past Saturday, took a lot of big hits. Again, a guy who can extend plays, scrambles for yards, sometimes too early, but I think they were more script. They were running him as a running back. And I don't think he really excelled in that, um, you know, in those situations. But uh, I really liked, you know, last year he didn't really do well. As we know, Jalen Rager, that was the big knock. He couldn't get him the ball. You know, he had the heart condition in the offseason here. He got his health back. But again, I think it's another one of these young quarterbacks as Debbie players. You know, we all know the top three guys of each class. And, the, you know, the, that'll be a racehorse most likely. And some may fall out. But I, what I'd love to just talk about are these guys who are, you know, first year freshman season. You know, they're, they're showing flashes, but they're not you know, doing a, a Slovis on us, right, where they're vaulting themselves to the top. But I think these, these three guys we talked about have the ability to increase their Debbie stock. And, you know, freshman, he's got a nice, nice young freshman target in Quentin Johnston. Uh, he looks a little freakish out there. He had three catches, and he actually had another long game that he tried to corral with one hand. So it looks like he might have a nice, solid receiver. To uh, you know, th- that's what it, that's what these quarterbacks need too. You know, with with Rager gone, he needs another, you know, wide receiver one. And JD Spielman's there too. Never been a really high on that guy. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but I mean, if if Quentin Johnson can turn into you know that W, you know, wide receiver one for Duggan, I think he's uh, stock arrow up again for another quarterback here we're talking about today. Yeah, he's just a hell of fun to watch, man. Like he just keeps the team in the play. And, and when I just wanted to see more consistency, especially in the arm, sometimes he seems like he's got this crazy live arm that can you know, make any throw, and then there's times where he's just off for like an entire half. So it's definitely something you want to see improve. But, yeah, I love to watching him play. He, like, he's tough as nails, man, like you said. Hmm, sorry. I'm tired. I'm, I'm okay. getting old, man. I hate being four. I hate being 44. Like I'm almost. Oh, well, shit. At least you're not 51. Like you me. are not 51. Shut your mouth. I no am. Way. You do yeah. not look that old, man. <laughs> I know. Everyone, everyone tells me that, but I'm not shitting you. I'm 51 and I hate yeah, it. Nobody ever says I look 44 either. They're like, you have a grandkid? <laughs> like, yes, I have a grandkid. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> so I do. All right, man. My, my last guy I wanted to talk about was Reggie Roberson from SMU. And he's kind of a guy that's been lingering there for a while, having some flash games with Shane Buschel as quarterback. But he really broke out this, or not really broke out, but he like, you know, 
243 yards on five catches and a couple scores is like, woo, who's that guy? You know, like, and I think it's just going to keep the buzz is going to keep building for him. Um, there's a lot to love about his game. He has good speed. He takes a little bit of time to build up. And he's got like straight line speed. And he's also very deceptively, you know, next thing you know, boom, he's by you. He, I like his route running, the way he tracks the ball. He's got great, great hands. Um, he cuts in and he cuts in and out of in and out of breaks real well. Um, just a lot to like about him as a sound technical guy that has, you know, some speed, but not like he doesn't have the rug speed or anything like that. And then sometimes that is what is a downside to him as well because he has to build up speed a little bit. Sometimes his separation is not as well on the in intermediate routes and things like that. You just like a lot, and he's got obviously a lot of run after catch ability. To watch anybody that can put up five catches for 243 yards is, I mean, that just shows what he's capable of. And he's also, I like, he could do that, and he could be a possession guy. So I think he'll be a really, really good wide receiver too in the NFL that a team could probably get, I mean, he's probably going to go pretty late, you know, I would think fourth, fifth round at least, unless he continues to build on the the great numbers that he's capable of, I think. SMU tends to spread the ball around a little bit. I don't know if you've, have you got a chance to break down any tape on him or? Yeah, I did a game film on him last week, and I think everything that you said is good. He's got, you know, not elite speed, but enough speed and another just versatile player. He plays out of the slot, doesn't he primarily? Usually, yeah. Yeah. So. um you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, I think you said everything about him. I think we got a lot, a lot of, a lot of really good slot players. <laughs> like, like uh, as, as I watch, I tend to be drawn to those guys when I watch the games, though. I, I like the, the dangerous guys that, out of the slot. You know, I tend to like those guys more. Like Kadarius Tony from Florida is another one I like quite a bit so far this season. I think Florida might be my adopted team this year, man. I, I love them. I do too. I I, I I like Kyle Trask. He's in my uh, top five for sure. Quarterbacks. I, I've always liked him. I think he and that whole team with Pitts and oh, they're fun to watch. Um, yeah, and uh, let's see what happens. It should be a good run to the playoffs. Get some new blood. I hope so, man. Though we could have three three SEC teams in a four team playoff. Um, it's kind of what it's looking yeah. like: Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. Although I don't, I'm yeah. sure Ohio State will have something to say about that. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, week six games to watch. I'll start with Florida. Actually, Florida goes to Texas A&M, like we just talked about. There's a lot, a lot of fun to watch there, to watch those guys, all the, the stars for Florida. And then Texas A&M, I really want to see the young guys get on the field. I don't know why they're not using DeMond DeMoss yet. Um, I want to see him feature Isaiah Spiller even more. I absolutely love him. So I don't know if you got anything on that game, the players you want to watch. Uh, I mean, I'm just... I'm not a defensive guy, but Texas A&M just has to start playing some defense to make that game competitive or, you know, they're going to abandon the run and Spiller's not going to get his carries. Yeah. And I don't know why DeMoss isn't playing either. A lot of people are wondering why, you know, you wonder if he's not picking up the playbook or whatever, but as such a highly ranked player, it's uh, kind of a head scratcher why they wouldn't want to have him in there to at least start developing him. Right. At least a, even a decoy or something, you know, like something yeah. he's, he's got a ton of talent and Stoops has been screaming about it on, Twitter like crazy. Why are you know? I think every Saturday it's kind of a ritual of his during the A and M game to scream about Demas. So he's an A and M fan. Oh yes, he? he is. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see. We, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> so all right, t- Tennessee goes to Georgia. It's a big game for Tennessee. And who do you want to watch in that game? Well, I mean, Eric Gray looked great this week when he played Kentucky. I think. Um, so let's see what he can do against Georgia. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a- that. That's what I'll be watching. I mean, I mean, I can only imagine he's going to be the the takeaway focal point of the game. 
and Georgia, um, just want to see George Pickens. He's like my favorite receiver in all of Debbie. Um, want to see him continue to rise. And that other kid who just came out of nowhere, you mentioned him earlier. What was his name? The, the guy? Make me scroll up here. Yeah, you know, no, it's that's fine. okay. I'll, yeah, yeah he, I'll, I'll, I'll scroll up. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, Kyrus, Kyrus, Jackson. Kyrus Jackson. Yeah, a guy I didn't really have much on yet. <laughs> Yeah, and I can guarantee you, no Debbie guy ever knew who he was. And if they said, oh, he was expecting a breakout, they're a liar. So I've never heard of the guy either. <laughs> so so let's, see what he, let's see if he's the real deal or a one-week flash, right? I love Pickens too, man. He's a bad, bad man. So uh, Yeah, he is. Tennis- he's just got to keep his head on straight, that's all. Yep. Before he, Ugh, you know. Yeah. Tennessee's got a very, very tall task here because I'm sorry, but Jarrett Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay or whatever his name is, Guantanamo or whatever is not a good quarterback, and I don't know why they don't why they're not throwing Harrison Bailey in there to see what they got. They're going to have to do something and to keep the game close for a little bit, or else it's going to get out of hand pretty quick. But yeah, I don't think this is the game I put Harrison Bailey in. Oh I think yeah, I'd let, probably not. <laughs> no, I'd let him just been, take a beating back there. Should have been two games ago, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Can't get him ready for this game. Exactly. All right. This is just, it's kind of lost its luster this year, but it'll be a fun game, I'm sure. Texas at Oklahoma, the Red River, shoot, Red River shootout. So, I mean, both teams are kind of stumbling into the game. Texas at one or two and one, I think, and Oklahoma is one and two, I believe. So, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, they're both not ranked in the top 10, which is pretty unusual for them to meet and not be ranked in the top 10 or 15. So. I, I want to see, you know, Rattler threw two interceptions at the end of the first two games. So this is, I think, a big mental test for him to see if he can't come back and really will this team to a win over Texas. So because, you know, Texas is going to put up points. So it's, you know, in Oklahoma's defense is absolutely it doesn't look like they're they're showing up to play. So it's going to be up to Rattler and McGowan, the new running back. And I'd like to see Theo Weiss. I don't know what's happening to him. You know, these highly touted guys that are just getting leapfrogged by this other talent. But Hey, the cream always rises to the top. So, well, you know, I'm interested to see if Theo Weiss has one of these games. And I'm a big uh, Austin Stogner fan, too, and he's been kind of doing well. So I, I want to see Rattler will this team to beat Texas. Yeah, they're going to have to because Texas has got that. They just, they're more, they have the experience, you know, and they have the, both teams really, really need this game. And it's funny you mentioned the defense. And I thought in Big 12, they, they just, they should put those like a uh, cardboard cutouts instead instead of take them out of the stands and put them on the field for defense and it'd probably be about the same result um (laughs) so anyways not known for their defense obviously um but yeah it should be a fun game i think rattler is the key to that game though if he plays well i think oklahoma wins but if not it's it's probably going to be texas in my opinion but yeah and this one is I am so stupid excited for this game unfortunately my wife and i are going away on a romantic weekend next weekend so I don't know how I can squeeze out watching number seven at number one Clemson, but good Lord, do I want to see this game. Like, I just want to see Miami's looked really good this year. They, they're, they look potent on offense. Clemson has struggled at times with quarterbacks that run. So Derek King, let's see what he can do. And, you know, the, the swagger of Miami seems to be back in Clemson. It's a big test for them. I think it's gonna, it could be a very, very fun game. Yeah, I, I agree. And this will probably be the first Clemson game I watch um, this season. And uh, I, I agree that this is their first real test. It'd be awesome if Miami upset Clemson. I was, I was root for the underdogs for these teams. You know, these guys that are ranked one and two year after year after year, always root for the underdogs. Just love to see uh, 
the upset. Yeah, let's throw a huge, huge wrench in that. So that that'd be a lot of fun, man. It would mm-hmm. it would be fun to watch. I think being at Clemson is probably a big advantage. If if Clemson starts turning the ball over, it's it's gonna get. I think Miami's got a good shot, but I think if Clemson takes care of the ball, I think they should they should beat them. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see, man. All right, we're gonna quickly go through. Just I like to go through the rookies in week four too, just to make sure. I mean, we're kind of incomplete. We don't have a we can't. We're recording in the Kansas City game still being played, but Clyde Edwards looks like he's having an okay game. Um, but we'll talk real quick. What do you think about? Do you like? I mean, obviously Joe Burrow's got you know a, a rough road ahead of him with that terrible offensive line. Still keeps putting up numbers. Is probably gonna set a record for com- attempts. For a rookie, I mean, I think he probably will set it by week seven at the rate he's going. Burrow had another pretty pretty solid game. They won 25 of 36, 300 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But Justin Herbert's also like, hey, don't forget about me here, guys. Had a pretty mm-hmm. solid game, 20 of 25, 290, three touchdowns, one interception. Both of those guys look pretty damn good. I have to agree. And Herbert, man, he threw some darts down the field. I mean, you know, we always had that big arm. It was, you know, the consistency that killed him in college. But, uh... Yeah, it just goes to show, I mean, I just think back, I always try and look at every year as a learning experience, and Herbert, a lot of people were really down on him, thinking that he would never translate, and and when the Chargers took him, there was a lot of question marks, but I'm rooting for the guy. I loved seeing these. I'm so ready for a new crew, you know, with the breezes getting older, and and just ready for a whole new batch of quarterbacks to come in, so I'm rooting for both of these guys, and eventually when Tua gets on the field. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, every year, and, and Herbert has had a lot of experience, you know, and like he said, he's had, there were times that he looked inconsistent in college, but he's also had, you know, like three times the snaps that Burrow had in college. So, sure, you know, that does mean something, you know, <laughs> he played in a lot of huge games and, right. you know, with nowhere near the talent that Burrow had last year. So, yeah, I, I like what he can do. I mean, you think you think they're sticking with him, right? I mean, they they they're oh, not yeah. going back to Taylor. I mean, that that would be well. Lynn keeps making all these comments in the press that are just they're kind of head scratchers. Yeah, like, I, don't I don't understand I, that. I think that was also two weeks ago. I haven't heard him say much since then. So yeah, obviously the, the big surprise of the year. Did you do any scouting on James Robinson in the past? Like, never heard of him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I heard of him, but not much, you know, and he is just having a hell of a season. And I, I've seen, I, I flipped him for a 2021 20, second in one league, like a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I probably could have got a first now. Yeah. 17 to 75, four catches, 32 yards. He just keeps producing. I mean, yeah. What do you, what do you say? Like they're building a team there in Jacksonville. I think he's a sell in Dynasty. I really do. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent, right? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I know you and I both started with Tyler over at DHH. He gave me my first writing gig too, and it was my second article I did looking at UDFAs and how they really translate to become dynasty assets. And when it came to the running backs, the only two I could think of in the article that I wrote was Eckler and Lindsey in the last, you know, five or six years. There may be another couple. Um, you know, Carson was a late round pick that seems to stick, but these guys just never seem to stick long term. So I think if you can cash in on a Devi first round pick next year. I would do it because I think a lot of these guys are flashing the pans and he might get one or two years, but I just can't see James Rob- Robinson being a steady uh, running back, you know, RB1 or two in three years from now. So for me personally, I would be selling him based on draft capital. Oh, I agree, man. Because uh, like you said, there's not a lot of track history because like even with Lindsay, he looked had a couple really good years. What did they do? Brought in Melvin Gordon. Exactly. I mean... 
you know, it's only going to be a matter of time. Not next year, maybe the year after that, they'll draft a, a guy in the third round, you know, like one of these guys we just talked about, Eric Gray or something. You know, they'll draft him in the second round, and then all of a sudden, job's gone. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not going to give him, you're not going to, he's not going to get to a second contract, most likely. So I would, he's a big time sell, especially if you can get a good value. And um, kind of a, a, this is huge to me. I don't, what, have you got a chance to watch Jonathan Taylor? Like, he has not looked very good this year. Not as good as I thought he would behind that offensive line. Yeah, you know, you should, uh, Nick Whalen, I'm sure you know on Twitter, um, he just started a YouTube channel and did a breakdown on him. I saw today and I went and watched it. He, he did a really nice job on that. And I mean, it's his vision. I mean, Nick clearly uh, lays it out there. Go to Nick Whalen on YouTube and it's his first video. So I guess he's going to start doing these on his own. But I mean, he did a pretty good job of showing you that he just is not picking the right lanes and running to the wrong angles and not using the correct leverages. And, uh, but he's a young guy too. I mean, this is all, it's a big, it's a big jump. You know, you got to give the guy some time. We were, we expect too much out of these rookies to just come in and dominate and, and be studs, but it's a big transition. So I think you have to, you have to have a pay. He's in a great situation, great landing spot. You just need to have some patience. Absolutely. I mean, and he's still not putting up terrible numbers like this week, 17 to 68 and one catch for 11. That's not going to lose you a week. You know, it isn't going to win you a week, but you know, you expect mm-hmm. 25, you, you only got 14 or something. Yeah, it's right. still okay. You know, <laughs> at least he didn't sure. you know, totally, totally bonk up the week. So um, I was super impressed with CD lamb. I, before the, before the, the draft, I on record as saying, I think he is the, of this class has the chance of being has the only one who I think has a chance to be the wide receiver one, like mm-hmm. the wide receiver one. And I just, you're starting to see flashes of it already at five catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. And he's look, he's looking like Dak is starting to look his way more and more. Gallup didn't do much. Cooper had a pretty good game, but I mean, CD's just, I, I, I love CD lamb, man. Just, not much more yeah. I can say about that. So. Yeah, I'm just disappointed the Eagles didn't get up and draft him. And this is the kind of guy that, and I mean, I think the Dallas Cowboys were three spots in front of us. And I don't know. I'm still disappointed that we didn't make a move. Like we went up and got Carson Wentz to get Carson Wentz. Because as much as Carson Wentz, not to get off topic, has looked like shit. I mean, the guy has never had any weapons. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles have just done an awful job drafting wide receivers. Um, I have high hopes for Rager, but I would have rather have had uh, Justin Jefferson or C.D. Lamb, and they were both within our grasps to get, you know, well, I mean, we could have drafted Jefferson, but um, they've just never given the guy true. When's the last wide receiver one you could think of for the Philadelphia Eagles since Terrell Owens? I mean, it's been, <laughs> honestly, I mean, nobody. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, it, you know, and then you got a guy, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have three really, really good wide receivers. So, yeah, I think C.D. Lamb is a stud. He, you know, he has the build. He's got the yak ability. He's got everything. He's the whole package. And, uh I think he's going to be great. And I get disappointed every time I watch him that he's a cowboy. (laughs) They have had a good – Cowboys and Eagles have had some fun back and forth because I remember a couple years ago when they got Goddard right in front of Dallas. That's right. You know, there's been a kind of a back and forth, and it's kind of of a good rivalry. I like that, man. Yeah. Then you spoke of Justin Jefferson a little bit, but he's he's starting to really emerge onto the field too. Four catches, but 103 yards and – you know, if he goes and he and he is this, he's I had him I think third in the class. I love Justin Jefferson coming out. So, mm-hmm. and I love seeing him do stuff there. And you know, obviously he'll make Kirk Cousins better if Kirk Cousins wants to be better. 
You know, the other guy that I forget his name, he, he's kind of emerging right now. He's playing for Buffalo. What's the kid's name that went to Buffalo? Gabriel Davis? or Yeah, Gabriel Davis. I mean, that guy's flashing too. A little bit, yeah. You know, it's it's so... going to be tough. It's going to be tough there with John Brown and um, Stephen Diggs, obviously. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's why I love looking at, you know, the five and six round guys. You know, see who can break into these rosters you know the diamonds that these nfl franchises find just like what we're trying to do when we draft right. in deep debbie leagues are doing the same thing and then seeing how these guys translate so all good stuff yeah i like davis a lot coming out of ucf he was a, a really good possession guy i mm-hmm. i just yeah i mean i remember games where he would have 13 14 catches you know just just crazy production and always seemed to find a way to get to the get the ball and just a great he's a he'd be a great number two in that offense behind you know, on the other side of Diggs and let Brown go up the slot there and yeah it's just Buffalo is another team that I could easily adopt as well I love love watching them play they're just kind of exciting oh yeah I'm a big Josh Allen fan I got lots of shares of him and uh you know is Zach Moss hurt or is he just not getting the ball I mean do you know um, I, thought he, I thought he was a little banged up but was he a little banged I don't up remember so. any like I want to say he missed the game. I I don't know, man. I'm I'm terrible. Like I I've, I focus so much on college these days that I miss a lot of NFL stuff. So yeah, like yeah, I, I had Fournette in a lineup. I had a uh, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> I had Devontae in one lot one tonight, but that was kind of you know not exactly my fault. I I didn't realize he was out until this day, and I didn't have any other options. So right, I was gonna lose. You know. Yeah, it's it's just fun to watch these players translate and a reminder as well that we're only going to get three or four running backs, I think, a season that are really going to become consistent dynasty assets, regardless if we have 40 in our ranks over the course of three classes that the majority of them aren't going to translate. You know, you, let's, uh, if you have a second, what about you know, Dylan, you know, for Green Bay? I mean, he's healthy, right? Is he just not? Yeah, I mean, just Aaron Jones is doing so damn good. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to ride him into into the ground this year, and then I think they're going to turn it over to Dylan. I mean, and Dylan's so? going to – it's going to be hard for them to commit money. I know they're tied up in a lot of different other places, so I don't know if they can pay Jones the money. I love Jones. I I got him all over the place this year too. I mean – Yeah, I got like, many shows. Like so. crazy, like late in the second, sometimes third round. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like – I know he's going to regress some, but so he regresses to 13 touchdowns instead of 20. You know, he's still going to be RB four or five with that rate, you know, so sure, I'll take it. And what about Swift? What's going on with him in Detroit? I, I mean, I haven't watched any Detroit games, so I don't know. Is he? Not, not, not a whole lot. They're, they're starting to utilize him more as a pass catcher. He did, yeah. have, a, he did have a touchdown receiving. I saw weekend. that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on the, on the red zone, but yeah. yeah so. I like him a lot. They're just kind of. Detroit's a, a tough team. I, I live really close to Detroit, so that's kind of like I. If there's a game on TV, that's pretty much what's on. So I was watching the other game when they jumped out to the lead and then just forgot they had to keep playing, and let New Orleans score like 38 straight points. Um, it was the silliest thing I've ever seen. But they're just they're using their running backs. I like the way they're using them. You know, they're using Peterson to grind the yards. Carryon gets in there occasionally, and they're using Swift primarily as a pass catcher. So I like that. I think it's a good three-headed monster for them, but they just have to put it all together. And I don't. It's one of those things I don't understand. I've, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The fact that they're playing Peterson, I mean, I'd be is an own. If I owned the Detroit Lions, I'd be just furious. I'd be like, look, and we draft this kid. I want to see what he's got. You know, throw his ass in there and let, you know, give him twenty-five balls. Give him twenty balls. See if he can get into a rhythm. Um, just like the Eagles with wide receivers, Detroit and running backs, they're just 
just never seemed to do so I, I loved Carry I loved Carry On a lot too. And he, I was excited yeah. that they got him, but he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. So it's just one of those things uh yeah, it's kinda kinda frustrating. But I think the bottom line is we should just be thankful football is still going on. That's what I tell myself. Because I'll tell you, up until the beginning of August, I never thought it was going to happen, given everything going on. So this is a treat I'm going to cherish every week, because before you know it, it's going to all be over. And then old man Winter's going to be here, and we're going to have nothing to watch on the weekends. So just enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the chaos. Like It's going to... We won't talk about my last thing. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the injuries in the COVID and kind of how we were all scrambling this week, you know, trying to figure out whether we were going to have contingency starters or stuck with the things, you know, this is just what we're going to have to live with this year. It's going to be chaotic every week. You know, the team's going to test positive on Thursday. The game's going to be up in the air. This will be games pushed back games canceled. It's just, it's going to be crazy. But I think we all knew it going into this year. I think I addressed it in every league I commissioned, you know, that, Hey, this is going to, we're going to have to roll with it. You know, this is, yeah. there's, there's going to be times where I have to make decisions and sure. you guys just got to be okay with it, you know? And yeah. luckily I don't, you know, I'm not in any leagues that have like $500 buy-ins or anything like that. You know, right? we're all fairly casual, $25, $30 league type thing, you know? Yeah. And, and for what I do too, is I'm, I'm lucky I'm in probably eight or nine leagues total. Right. I heard like on a podcast, I listened to you two weeks ago, you're in like 45 leagues or something. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. <laughs> I, I'm in eight or nine, and only because I did C2C leagues this yeah. year. I, did, I got into like four or five of them, so I, I can't do any more. I mean, because I'm not a good owner, because I can't keep track. I, don't, I love to trade. I can't trade with eight leagues. I, I just don't have the time to examine other people's rosters and, and stuff like that. But I'm lucky enough, because all of mine, I'm in really deep Debbie leagues in all my leagues. So, you know, with maybe an IR, but we have such deep rosters. I've told the, you know, the three leagues that I commission that just deal with it. Right. Pull someone out of your roster. You got somebody. You got, we, there are no waiver wire people out there anymore. So you got to find somebody. <laughs> you have to dig deep and find somebody and plug them in there. But it's going to happen to, like you said, every week you're going to get a, you're going to just not win because you've got the, the, covid uh lineup for the week so there's not much you're gonna be able to do about it and in a couple of my leagues too we just scrapped the money and just put it towards next year you know because it'll always kind of be an asterisk next to this year anyway yep that's what we did in all my cap all my college side leagues we're like yeah you know whatever we're not gonna try to do this we're not gonna try to piece together lineups with one con- with two conferences not playing you know this not happening because i mean because i live up here i tend to draft pretty heavy big 10 teams Right. Just because that's who I root for, and you know, so uh, most of my teams are really screwed, you know. Yeah, already. right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting. So, yeah, I'm very 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 thankful I have football. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta just. I mean, I was thinking of going into the fall with no football going out of my mind. I'm a big fisherman too, and. I got fishing. In fact, I'm going for two days striper fishing starting tomorrow. So I got that. And then I was thinking, that's all I got. Oh my God, that's all I got until November. And then I'm going to got nothing. So at least we got football to watch every week to keep us busy and occupied. I would drive my wife insane if I didn't have football. Um, yeah. I already, I already drive her pretty insane with it. I'm like, Hey, yeah. look at this, look at this video, honey. And she'd be like, Oh, shoot me. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right, Brandon, it has been an absolute pleasure, man. Can you tell us um, what you're working on? Tell people how to get to your YouTube channel, like um, all that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Devi Deep Dive. I have a YouTube channel that I host all my videos on. It's just called Devi Deep Dive. You'll notice a theme. I do a podcast 
every week called the Debbie Deep Dive, uh, which is fun. I do a main topic, then I film grind a player, and then my listeners always ask me to uh, kind of do a deep dive on some more obscure players. So we talk about that, which is kind of fun. So I'm on episode 68. I developed a big dashboard. It's a big database, and I have a discussion board, which is pretty cool for the guys that want to join. And we film, uh, we I post these videos that I create, and then we discuss it once a week on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock. We'll get on a Zoom call, and we'll all be on there. I'll kind of host it, and we're looking at film. Last week we did Red, Reggie Robertson, and this past week we did Dylan Gabriel. Um, so that's kind of fun too. And uh, so yeah, that that's kind of what I'm up to. Just love it, enjoy it. Just want to, uh, I just want to grow Debbie. I think um, I feel like we're in the infancy stages of Debbie compared to, you know, first it was redraft, then it was dynasty keeper leagues, then dynasty. I feel Debbie because uh, a lot of guys reach out asking me how to get into it. I think there's a lot of people that are nervous. They feel like it takes a lot of time. But that's why you have people kind of like me and you and everyone in the industry to kind of help, you know, guide you through it. But it's a blast, man. It's, it, it's just great. So I encourage you, if you're not in Debbie leagues, um, to, you know, certainly join one or reach out to either one of us to help you get started. Yeah, it is definitely a little bit of work at first, but after a couple of years, you realize that it prepares you so much more for the NFL side and it just kind of all starts to flow together. You know, sure. like it's, and I, I love that you do that stuff that gets, allows people to watch what you do and how you go through your process. That's, that's huge, man. So you're, yeah, I really, I really love what you're doing, man. So yeah, like, I, I appreciate can't, it. I can't say it enough. All right, you can find me on Twitter at FF People's Champ. Find this podcast at Debbie Manual. I do my Debbie Roundup every week at DLF. It's kind of pretty much my only thing I'm working on right now other than trying to do some cut-ups. I'm not as quick with them as Brandon and trying to get two or three a week at least and try to get some guys that not everybody's doing if possible. But sometimes I really just like watching that. It's my way to watch film closer and stuff like that. So um, that that is at Debbie Manual on YouTube as well. So... All right, that is the wrap for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Next week, I have another big time guest lined up. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right, thanks. That's good. Yeah, they said like a minute, so. Wait, there's more? Don't forget about the Mountain West, the Mac that can flex. Somebody's next. Ivy League fresh, literally dope. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious. They will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4340 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time.